Welcome, Padawans, to the Wannabe Jedi Podcast. My name is Josh. And I'm Matt. And today we're with special guests. The Galactic Podcast. I am Lauren. I am Andrea. Yes, that's correct. We have very special guests, the Galactic Podcast with Lauren and Andrea. Today we are discussing Ezra Bridger. He is one of my favorite, I guess you can call Padawans. Uh, I don't think he ever received the title of Jedi. Well, um, so yet. he's he's one of us. He's one of us. Not not yet. That's true. We will be talking about that for sure. When we first started on you know discussing this collaboration, I asked both of you who you'd want to be on the podcast for, and you guys said Ezra. Can you maybe talk a little bit about why you uh, wanted to talk about Ezra? Well, for me, I think he's one of those just amazing Star Wars characters that we got through animation. I mean, it's he's like the such the typical kind of reluctant hero from the beginning and his whole journey of becoming, you know, a Padawan or maybe a Jedi. We can, you know, that's a topic for sure to discuss, but just his overall arc and just his, you know, his character development through four seasons of Rebels was one of my favorites. And I think it's one of the uh, one of the best in Star Wars for me. Yeah. Yeah, I um. What I appreciate about Ezra is he gets, uh, you know, his Jedi training in a very non-conventional way. You know, at times Kanan doesn't even want to be his master. And, you know, just like Lauren says, he's really reluctant to even want to be a Jedi until he gets to see that he gets to use a lightsaber. Then he's kind of a little bit more into it. So, uh, yeah, uh, lighthearted. Um, and then he becomes like this heavy-hearted, responsible kid. Just a great, uh, great character development for him. Yeah, I agree. Honestly, I, for me, Ezra is one of the best developed characters in most of Star Wars. One of the things that I wanted to highlight was that Ezra, basically, I feel like the character that I connect with and see myself most in is Ezra. Kind of a young, naive kid thinking that he can do everything on his <laughs> own, doesn't have a lot of trust in, in a lot of people, and then breaks down and... and builds that trust but then still is finding his way where he is tempted by the dark side uh, tempted to become just a, a pirate with hondo still some of my favorite episodes is the hondo, hondo <laughs> moments so for me that's that's one of the reasons and i'm gonna say this now i've said it on twitter but i know it's gonna it's gonna josh you're gonna be upset about this okay i think rebels is better than clone wars for me because i connect more I'm just surprised that you've said that because you're like, before, you know, like last year, you were even like, oh, Rebels, I'm not going to watch that. <laughs> and like, yeah, I can see that. Um, and yeah. now he's now like last week, he said that Rebels is better than Clone Wars. And I'm like, I never would expect in a thousand years that you would said that. But I'm happy that you said it. You're happy that I'm are you sure that you're happy? I mean, yeah, because I, I like Rebels. I really like Rebels. I mean, Clone Wars and Rebels. There's very there's similarities, and I mean, they're both Dave Filoni. <laughs> they're both Dave Filoni. <laughs> I, mean, I think Dave that Filoni, sums yeah. it up. But yeah. he did a phenomenal job in both series, Clone Wars and Rebels, and it just I don't know. It came together really nice, and even I was introduced to Rebels by my brother. He like binge watched all of like season one and two when it came out, and then I got into it, and I really liked it. So it was just interesting because Clone Wars. 
and Rebels, yeah, they're similar but also different, especially with animation. But <laughs> true, true. What about you, Lauren? Rebels or Clone Wars? Yeah, you know, Clone Clone Wars is great. I mean, we can't deny, especially the last four episodes of season seven. I mean, yeah, probably some of the best Star Wars. Agreed. You could compare it to some of the theatrical movies. Honestly, I mean, it, yeah, it is that good. It but, was a theatrical movie to me, almost. It, it yeah, felt it had that 100%. composure to it. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But you know, yeah, I mean, as much as I love Clone Wars, and I, we were talking off air before we started, you know, I was late to the Clone Wars game. You know, I watched it when it was on Netflix, and I caught up that way. I watched Rebels from the beginning, and I think I, for some reason, I just resonated it more than Clone Wars. It's not like I like it more, like a lot more than Clone Wars, but I do mm-hmm. like Rebels. I I watch it, rewatch it more than I do Clone Wars. I'll watch Clone Wars, like specific, some specific yeah. arcs in it because it's they're great, like Mortis and all that. But mm-hmm. Rebels, I will watch from beginning to end every time. And it's just something with these characters, how it was just so fresh and new at the time and something that we had not seen. And, you know, we got more of in between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, you know, with what was going on in the galaxy and uh, other planets and everything. So, yeah, I... For what it's worth, yeah, I I think I like Rebels a little bit more than Clone Wars for sure. Again, not saying that they're that these shows the one is like bad versus the other. It's just our our personal preference. Exactly, they're both fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> let's just be honest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then what about for you, Andrea? Uh, yeah, I I love Rebels. I would rank it over Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah, I really would. It's a like a feel good show. Um the family dynamic between the ghost crew and especially like that brother dynamic between Ezra Zeb and Chopper. It makes me giggle. It makes me laugh. I enjoy it. Um, you know, Clone Wars is, is good with, you can jump into it almost anywhere and pull a couple different arcs, just like Lauren said, and, and watch little bits at a time. Uh, Rebels is like this huge experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so this week, I'll put Rebels above Clone Wars. Maybe next week, I'll put Clone Wars above Rebels because I'm always different. Yeah, totally. Honestly, you you brought up family dynamic, which I think is just, it sums up Rebels as a whole. Yeah. It has a very family dynamic, and, and, and it goes even beyond just your blood family. It goes into what you define as family, and that that's something I think that we see with Ezra, with you know, even though he had his family, unfortunately, who were killed, he still then didn't turn that into, obviously, it was a negative in his life, and it did tempt him towards the dark side. But at the same time, it was that newfound family that kept him in the light. And I think that that's something that definitely can be taken into context with today's society is that your family isn't just defined by your bloodline. It's also defined by the people you surround with, mm-hmm. um, the Star Wars lovers in your life, if you would, <laughs> as I've said a few times. Yes. So I think that's a very important point. Yeah, we could see that. I mean, Ezra was tempted by Palpatine to mm-hmm. to uh, save his parents, but in the yeah. end, he ended up choosing well to save his family. And even when he sacrificed himself to beat Thrawn, that was just a a moment that showed that he was not going to be overcome by the dark side or or. He was trying to see sacrifice himself for the greater good, and I mean, I'm excited. Hopefully, we'll see a show that has him. But did he save everyone from Thrawn? That's the big <laughs> question. Um, that's something we will definitely highlight a little bit further down. But before we even fully jump into our predictions for the upcoming show, 
I want to talk about a few things that we saw within the show itself. Mm-hmm. Um, we've already started talking about the temptations of the dark side, but before that, I think it's even important to highlight Ezra and he was born on the day of the inception of the Empire, Empire Day. So he was born on the same day that literally almost every single Jedi was killed in Order 66. And while that's tragic, I think that's also very intentional by Dave Filoni and the creators. And the Force. <laughs> and, and the Force. And the Force, yes, <laughs> and the Force. Very true. I, I think it is a strong symbolism of even though that day was filled with destruction, terror, the dark side, there is this light in the outer reaches of the outer rim and i think that that was very intentional why they had it be his birthday be the exact inception day of the empire and i wanted to get your thoughts on that is luke and leia the same too wouldn't they be yeah or... oh wait no. they were born a little bit later i think is it, i mean close. same time frame though yeah, some days from depending on the rotations <laughs> Yeah. Right. No. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Depending on how they define when the Empire Day starts, but around mm-hmm. the same time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think just like what we said, like it for me, it's so the Force, like the Force bringing obviously the two twins, you know, Luke and Leia, and then another one a couple days or how many days later in Ezra, as Yoda says, uh, you know, always in motion the future is. Yeah. So it it, it is very cool to have him though yeah. specifically be on the Empire Day, like have his birthday on that day because it's very significant in you know obviously in star wars it's the day that the empire you know started ruling the galaxy and then it you know and just so many memories for everybody in the galaxy overall but to have ezra the shining beacon of hope and light be born on that day too it is it is very cool it is very very cool and like we've said super intentional by dave filoni 100 mm-hmm. percent. the guy knows what he's doing so yeah <laughs> I, I wouldn't yeah i wouldn't put it past him to say that that's obviously a reason for that and you know it's dave so i'll I'll stick with him (laughs) very true it's it's also very like for me it worked (laughs) one of the things that we highlighted initially with Jin urso when we did our Jin urso episode was that galen urso was defending his family when separatists were attacking and was like about to die like they were they were on their knees like begging for their life and then the droids magically turned off because Order 66 occurred at that exact moment. Mm-hmm. And it's just like things that are like, that doesn't, that detail didn't necessarily need to be included. And mm-hmm. it, to me, it didn't necessarily work. But with the Ezra bit and having him be born on Order 66 day on Empire Day, mm-hmm. I think that that works and structurally kind of makes sense with that beacon of hope that we see. Mm-hmm. 100%. Going off of that beacon of hope, we do have the fact that he is tempted by the dark side. And that's when we get some of the best, some of my favorite Maul dialogue. Um, (laughs) It does come with him being like, oh yeah, he's my apprentice. Maul just talking about Ezra like, yeah, he's he's joining me, and and it's like I never signed up for this. Uh, <laughs> it's like those, uh, what is it called? The the credit card, like people calling you. Did you get your line of credit? And it's like, no, I, I this isn't. I didn't sign up for this. I think that the whole Maul and Ezra like kind of relationship, or that Padawan and Master. I mean, of course, Maul is power hungry, and he wanted Ezra to be his Padawan, and probably I don't know, overtake the Sith, but at least try to gain some more power than what he had but the thing is that i thought it was like a little bit clever but also i want to say like in ezra's eyes 
he was like always like the street rat even like in the first episode they called him the Lothal rat and he was able to free think and like he was clever enough to not go with with what Maul wanted even with like Kanan sometimes he would want it he would do his own thing so Ezra like had his own mind and that kind of showed how he developed as a character it added into his personality and how he approached missions and developed missions so I don't know I thought it was like a little bit clever and even like his temptation from the dark side his way to free think even we talked about like Jedi and and how Kanan had his own mindset and, and how he was able to see different approaches after order 66 and yeah so it's just kind of the whole rebel rebels show and they were able to develop the characters with an open mindset instead of you know like the jedi's fixed mindset so i thought it was pretty clever yeah what i really liked was even i believed maul sometimes you know when ezra would place his trust in a maul and tell kane and we have to trust him i was like right there with Ezra the whole time thinking, yeah, maybe Maul is, maybe he, you know, turned a new leaf. Maybe he's going to be all right this time. Maybe he <laughs> is really trying to, um, it, it was so interesting how the writing uh, even caught me up in trusting Maul, which now experiencing all of Clone Wars and all of Rebels and the entire Star Wars universe, now it's completely impossible to trust Maul. But the, the writing was so great to where it even had the viewer um, believing in him for a short time yeah did you guys see on twitter the mall was right hashtag mall was right was trending after the clone wars i was that just brings up the point like so i i finished rebels after i finished watching all of clone wars um i was on like the last like two seasons so before the twin sons episode and and you still see that mall's actually pretty right and that shows you the real temptation is that he is right in the way that he can gain the trust and, and execute things. It's just not the morally correct way. It's still technically right, but it's not morally right, which I think is I think that actually does a really good job of summing up what the dark side, how it tempts people. Mm-hmm. It's a quick way to get the result you want, even though it's not the correct way to go about it. And I think that that's especially like. Ezra as a developing teen is that's when you can manipulate really effectively and did get manipulated a few times, but he also never crossed a line he couldn't come back from. Right. I liked the the episode at the beginning of season three when he was using the walker against the the stormtroopers. Oh yes. Like, that was like the best intro episode of a season just because even like Sabine, what did Sabine say? Like, oh, when did Kanan teach you that? And then he's like, Oh, he did it. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, so like, like suspense because we know that like, was that after they had the, they got the, 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 yeah, the, the we knew he had the holocron. Yeah. 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 And it was just uh, shivers and chills down your spine. Yeah. <laughs> My yeah. wife, when we were watching that for the first time, she's like, I don't like this. I don't like Ezra right now. And I'm like, you're not supposed to. <laughs> he's part, he's, he's more towards the dark right now. <laughs> That was such a great moment, though, too, oh, yeah. because, you know, going from the end of season two to that moment, you felt that, man, is he going to do it? Because it kind of, you know, at the end of season two, you're like, oh, man, he opened the Sith holocron. What is he going to do next season? And then that's the opener, like you're saying, Josh, and mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, man. Like, I was hoping, and we talked about this just recently, how, you know, man, it would have been interesting if, if he went dark a little bit. Not for a whole, like, the whole series or anything like that, or, but, like, just even a little bit more, just to see 
kind of that perspective of a character. I mean, the only thing we've gotten close to that is Anakin. And to see another character kind of tiptoe that line of, you know, what's good and bad and moral, and especially with Ezra, I, that would have been amazing. But, I mean, obviously I'm glad we got it the way we did. But that would have been yeah. very cool because they really, they really did kind of set it up for that, for him to kind of go dark for, you know, a, an expended amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the downside with not watching the shows live is I kind of, because you know Star Wars and you're in the universe, you kind of know what happens without knowing what happens. Also, uh, I have myself to blame for that because, Josh, you were watching the final season of... I, I, you remember this. You remember this. It was our first year of living uh, as roommates, and he was watching the final season of Rebels, and he goes, no, no, they did it. They did it, uh, of the time travel. Um, and I was like, I'm not going to watch it. I hate this. Yeah, this is stupid. Totally against it. And then I watch it back this year. I'm like, they did it pretty okay, actually. <laughs> but I, that's where I like it was quick to judgment, you know. He, he was mm-hmm. like, if they bring time travel in it, they're ruining it. And then I, I, I'm a big Doctor Who fan as well. And I'm like, oh, yeah. He So Matt was like, oh, are they going to jump to different places in the timeline? But, they, you know, they did it pretty well because they, they closed off that world between worlds. They also made it impossible to, yeah, mm-hmm. bring it. Well, what we think is impossible oh, okay. to bring yeah. it back. You never yeah. know. But I think that also states why I'm more Ezra-like because he would also jump to that conclusion pretty quickly too, I feel like. so. <laughs> right. That happened with me and Andrea too. I watched Rebels. She hadn't started it yet. And we were talking on one of our pa- like early podcasts about, she. I think it was Andrea that mentioned something about time travel. Um, yeah. Like how you didn't, like you were like, eh, I don't know if they brought it in. I'm like, well... <laughs> <laughs> like well you might want to watch Rebels. I, think, yeah. I think we were actually doing like uh we were okay we were doing rise of skywalker predictions and we were talking about luke's hand becoming like him luke or ray being a clone off of luke's hand and i was like man oh, yeah, yeah. i was like that kind of sucks but it would be kind of sci-fi i go the only thing i wish star wars would never do is time travel and lauren was like oh yeah well that was my real fear too when i was watching it i was like if they bring it into the show and it was received really well because they Mm -hmm. actually did do it really well but i didn't know that my fear was they're going to bring it into the movies and they're going to erase things that happened in the original trilogy that i grew up on i was like i don't i don't want that i want to so like an end game yes like an end game Mm -hmm. and it's like i don't want that reversal i want to that is my childhood that's my childhood please don't touch it kind of thing is what i was what i was getting at but they did do it really well so i'm happy with that and saved ahsoka they saved ahsoka which we all knew that she was the screen that there wasn't a death on screen and even if there was a death on screen like with maul people have come back (laughs) so it's it's all there's always a possibility dave filoni loves ahsoka so i couldn't see that they would kill her off but agreed I got a uh, Ezra question for all of you. So, which lightsaber did you like out of it? Did you like his uh, his green lightsaber, or did you like his blue one with the little blaster? So that's my question. Blue with the blaster. I don't know. I like the green one. That's what I'm gonna say. I just like. You also like Luke's green lightsaber oh, I, too. I love Luke's green. Lightsaber. So, so I I think that you might be a little biased there, but I I respect it. <laughs> yeah. I actually really like that it. There was such a strategical advantage to have a stun gun attached with his regular, or was it a stun? Yeah, it was stun. Yeah, it was with stun. his lightsaber, and I think in my head I was thinking, man, why don't people do that sooner? Like that gives you a double advantage. Maybe it's considered like a cheap shot in the art of the force. I don't know, but 
for me, I was like, that's just genius. That's smart. <laughs> so I, I liked it personally. What about you guys? Ooh, um, I mean, the green one is cool. I mean, you can't deny that it's a very cool lightsaber for sure. But I kind of like the whole the blue with the with the stun gun because I remember that episode in season one when Kanan and the Inquisitor Grand Inquisitor were fighting. And he was using the blaster and like in the saber at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was Ezra was like, "Why didn't I think of that before?" <laughs> so it was like he he had it to where like you know he he didn't even think about doing the two kind of at the same at the same time almost. So it was kind of an ingenious and a very different lightsaber, which is cool. Like I like seeing those different the different types of you know what they make, what they do with lightsabers so seeing a very different one was cool to see it on on animation yeah i agree yeah i liked i liked the blaster one a lot but i think it just goes against the jedi code i think of obi-wan kenobi Mm -hmm. shooting grievous throwing off the blaster and saying so uncivilized like it's just not allowed but (laughs) yeah i i agree it's really fun though i mean like when, when you really think about it dave filoni and all the creators are probably like hey we want to come up with a cool lightsaber that's different from anything we've seen. What do you got? What about having a stun gun attached with the lightsaber? One episode, or one thing that I would have loved to be a part of is to see that discussion of of the character development. I, I think it would be really awesome to see how, like, in the animation room, they were like, we really envision Ezra being able to incorporate what he used in the past, which was almost like his David versus Goliath slingshot. Mm-hmm. but yeah. use it in a gun form that makes more sense. And, and I would have loved to be in that room to just see whoever's brain it was that came up with that at works with it. I think that would have been cool. Yeah, I think yeah. it wasn't. Even Kanan didn't Kanan make a comment. I think of like, oh, well, this is different, but it's you. So yeah, <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> but it's also about having your own like personality with the part of the trials is to create your own lightsaber and mm-hmm. why not make it unique to who he was and then shaping who he was in the future or is now mm-hmm. i like it yeah, yeah for sure and even what he he collected stormtrooper helmets and he would have mm-hmm. sabine paint them and do different artwork so definitely a lot more free thinking within the rebels tv show i agree and we will continue this discussion after this quick break Welcome back, everyone. We are continuing our discussion with Ezra alongside the Galactic Podcast. Lauren, Andrea, I have a question for you. What would have happened if Ezra actually decided to join Hondo and his band of pirates? How would you guys have felt? Would that have been fitting or just overall thoughts on that? That's a tough one. It would have been an interesting little journey uh, for Ezra, for sure, because it, you know, obviously going from where he grew up and he was a survivor and it was... Mm -hmm. He was very tempted, obviously we know in season one, to to join Hondo and to kind of maybe be like this pirate, Jedi, Padawan, whoever he kind of called himself at the time. So it would have been a very interesting uh, character choice for Ezra. But I love how he, you know, he did think about it and he was like, yeah, you know, I could see myself with Hondo and doing all this stuff. But then he kind of realized like, you know, that's not what my path is now. It's I'm beyond that. I'm with, you know, I'm with Kanan and the whole ghost crew and 
He's with and, his family. You know, right, yeah. He has a family now. And I think that's what he realized in the end is, you know, he used to be, I think he even said it, you know, he used to be Hondo. That used to be him. But now he's yeah. on a different path and he's on this path of helping the galaxy and, like I said, with family and all that. So it would have been kind of cool, though, to see like a few episodes of him like hanging out with Hondo, doing some kind of yeah. goofy stuff. But yeah. Yeah, I think the last one of the last times that he's with Hondo is you are never going to get your payment. He's like, I knew I liked you. It's like they, they're still like cut from the same cloth kind of thing. Right. That's right. one of my favorite lines from Rebels. So I, yeah. if I had to sneak it in here, I, I just I had to. So <laughs> even with Vizago too, like same thing yeah. with that kind of similar relationship. You really get to see what the Outer Rim is kind of like through Ezra and through the various pirates that he meets along his journey. I found that to be really great for world building. You got to see the different... Didn't Visago end up having a legitimate license for mining operations mm-hmm. kind of thing? And, and you see how he got that. He wasn't... A, he was a shady character, obviously. He was a smuggler. And you still see how he became a legitimate businessman because the Empire was able to pay him handsomely. Well, then he got <laughs> stuck on a Trandoshan mining True. ship or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, I think Ezra just had way too much potential to be stuck mm-hmm. with Hondo. Uh, not I. I mean, I love Hondo as a character, but let's just remember he's a smuggler and a and a pirate and likes to backstab people and and that's all in his nature. Um, I think Ezra does fit in with that crew sometimes, but that's not his. Uh, that's not really where he belongs. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's not his. It's not who he was. Although that <laughs> you saying with the pirate, I I would love a Pirates of Lothal movie instead of Pirates of the Caribbean. Just do a Pirates of Lothal <laughs> That'd movie. Be so oh. good. <laughs> I'm I'm Captain Visago. <laughs> it's like, but you have heard of me. <laughs> yeah. That'd be fun. I'd have fun with that one. <laughs> Moving, I feel like Ezra's just based on relationships. That's like pretty much our entire conversation has been based around the different relationships he's held. Mm-hmm. And one that I found, which ends up playing the massive role in how the series wraps up, is his relationship with the Purgles. Mm. And and how he's able to connect with these misunderstood creatures that, as we saw, Hera wanted to just kill them, basically, and just fire at them because they've destroyed, using the hyperspace lanes, have destroyed many of her friends and have been, I use air quotes, wreaking havoc when they're really just trying to survive too. And he was able to connect with them and then that ultimately saves everyone. Again, I go back to my wife being like, the purgles save the day, like freaking out at the end. And and it's just like, I would never have thought, Dave Filoni, I would never have thought, hey, we should bring back those purgles to save everyone because they literally can. I would have never. And, and then Ezra has to think about that. He's Ugh, just so clever. So good. He is. He's so clever. And even the even the Bendu, like they they kind of knew what they wanted to do with Thrawn because they kind of foreshadowed uh, what Bendu said that he would die or with millions of hands around him or something like that yeah and yeah yeah that was a foreshadow to the pergol and or millions of squid yeah yeah. yeah yeah hands in in air quotes <laughs> yeah i also love the connection that it shows that just because even with ezra with the loath cats and the, the loath wolves. wolves yeah he connects with nature and and even if the creatures aren't as intelligent as the ones that control the planet. So, for example, in Lothal, it was humans. He still connected and understood that they were just significantly as important as others. And I think that that's also was very intentional to kind of describe today's society in in a lot of ways. And I and I enjoyed that a lot. 
Yeah. It's such a, a force thing, too. I mean, you know, everything yeah. binds us, brings the galaxy together. Flows. And it, it is kind of a cool thing because, you know, obviously throughout Star Wars, we know some people have special gifts, if you want to call it, like with uh, Quinlan Voth, if he touches an item, he can see, like, the history. So it was kind of cool. I always took what Ezra was able to do with the Purgle, with the Lothcat, with all of those creatures that he was able to make connections to. Was that It was kind of like his special thing. Like, that's how in tuned with the force he was he could connect with creatures and everything like that so it was kind of a cool little added character whatever however you want to call it it was very force cool ability. for them to have that yeah. yeah yeah it was very cool to have that and it obviously like i said it paid off you know a lot of people kind of make fun of that purgle episode at first when you first came out and then you know it was like dave floney's like ha ha <laughs> Like, yeah, I'm going to get you guys in the end because look what happens. Yeah, big brain. so important. Right, right, yeah. right. So it was cool. It was very cool. Yeah. I'm I'm a big fan of the Purgles, personally. Mm-hmm. Me too. The The very last relationship that I have that I want to talk about is Thrawn. Because mm-hmm. Kane and we know that Kane and we know in the Ghost Crew, we know their relationships. We've seen it develop. That was their focus. So we're, we're kind of focusing more on the side relationships he had. Mm-hmm. But his relationship with Thrawn... And now I think is going to be the time where we kind of discuss, where we hint at discussing the upcoming show mm-hmm. and how his relationship with Thrawn is going to alter. So I'll, I'll let you guys start off before I give my theory. I don't have too much of a theory. I, I really want to stay open-minded on all of this, but I find it absolutely fascinating what Ezra is going to learn from Thrawn and how it's going to change his Jedi thinking, you know, I'm reading Thrawn. What's the second book? The one where he's with Anakin. And just to see, you know, that dynamic and how um, Anakin is kind of reluctant to follow him and take his direction, but eventually he can like feel that he has good intention. But, and that's exactly how we all feel about Thrawn. We can't really Mm -hmm. tell if he's a, a good guy or a bad guy, you know, and that's kind of one of the greatest parts of his character so I don't I don't get too deep into what might happen with them, um, but I do think it's going to t- change Ezra's thinking, for the better. I hope. Yeah, they're both survivalists. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and I I don't see a world where they can't w- somehow have to work together in order. Even though the Purgles are good, wherever they're going to be dropped off at, because we assume that they're dropped off somewhere, we don't know where, obviously, but they're going to be dropped off somewhere. And they're going to have to be survivalists together. It's it's almost going to be... I wonder if it's going to turn into a Agent Callus situation. Zeb, Zeb and it, Agent with Zeb, Callus. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was thinking. I, I wonder if it's going to become that. I personally don't think so because, I don't know, the way that Thrawn just presents himself, he's very, very pro-Empire. So, granted, Callus was the same as well, but Thrawn yeah. was a high-ranking officer in, in the uh, Empire. So... I don't know. I personally don't think that they're going to have teamwork and develop a relationship like Zeb and Agent Callus. Next thing I wonder is, because obviously in the, I don't know if you guys have read the Thrawn trilogy, but mm-hmm. he has to, in the very first one, he talks about defending his home planet and, and defending him because they're, they're too, like, they don't see the threat that's possible. I wonder if we're going to go to the Chiss home planet. Mm. Maybe Ezra's prisoner or or something along those lines. And then we get to really explore the the Chiss and everything that they offer and that intellect. I, I'd be interested to see that. That's that's very clever. I, I that that would make a lot of sense. You know, because I think if when reading those Thrawn books, 
you really do get the sense that, yeah, he was, you know, he was working for the Empire, but he always had, you know, a motive of saving the Chiz. Like, that was yeah. kind of his whole thing. Like, that's it's his people, it's his planet, you know, that's where, you know, where he's from, and he took it very seriously. So it's almost like, yeah, you know, he definitely was with the Empire. He followed the Emperor and all that, but he always had motives. I mean, that guy always had motives. We know this. He And he was a strategic mastermind. He was 10, 20 steps ahead of, of everybody besides maybe the Emperor himself. He was pretty smart and outthought and everybody. So I could see a scenario where that makes sense, where they end up somewhere and somehow Thrawn is able to communicate or get in touch with the Chiz, they bring, they get him, they bring Ezra, uh, and then, yeah, what happens there is, I think, where, I think, you could really make a really good series, and then, obviously, in the background, have Sabine and Ahsoka kind of looking for him as well, so, yeah. I, I hope it's, I hope, I hope the whole rumor of it is true, I really do, because I, yeah. I, I want more Ezra, <laughs> I want more Ezra, obviously, I want more Sabine and Ahsoka, but I want more Ezra, because I want to know what happens. You know, where was he throughout the whole sequel trilogy? If he's is he still alive? You know, what what was his fate? What was Thrawn's fate too? You know, yeah. and I do think maybe at times they might have had to work together. Maybe I think that you know Thrawn wouldn't be opposed to it because again they're both survivalists. I think he would have to do what he would have to do to survive. So if it meant working with Ezra, it would make sense. I think he would do it. But if he was able to you know get in touch with the Chiz and get help that way. That's the way he would go for sure. Yeah, I agree. So if this show actually happens and just say Ahsoka and Sabine go find, trying to find Ezra and they actually find him. I really hope it's not like that moment where Luke Skywalker turns around. <laughs> I just He's like, I don't want, I, <laughs> I want some emotion, some kind of feedback from Ezra seeing Ahsoka and Sabine mm-hmm lifelong friends and family of of Ezra you know him running up to them or something like that at least Ezra and Sabine are gonna kiss (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah like I like they've hinted at it I don't know if it's a a, their relationship dynamic is so interesting where he's kind of flirting with her but then she's like I want you to be my brother like kind of like a brother thing but at the same time then he's like they kind of have that connection in the before the world between worlds. It's very weird. I could see them that be where they get together. I could see that. <laughs> and then and then it's the next breed of Jedi through Mandalore eventually down the line. <laughs> um, well, Possibilities. Do you think if they just say I don't know how like the actual working of like the show, but like just say the Mandalorian and we've Matt and I've talked about like how we hypothesize that. Maybe Sabine and Ahsoka will show up. I mean, of course, it's confirmed that they will sh- they're showing up. But how maybe Ezra, if they find him, I don't know, might show up in the show. Maybe I don't know. Do you think that's a, that's a possibility? And I don't know who would play Ezra. <laughs> well, the, I believe that they said that they were casting, that they were looking at casting for live action for Ezra. Really, I did not. Know but this. they they didn't lock in anyone. There wasn't even a list of names out there. They were just looking for. I forget exactly what they the definition, but it was it matches uh, Ezra's description, uh, like physical description. Again, yeah. with the voice, I don't know, like Ahsoka when they do live action. I mean, I'm really excited to see Ahsoka in live action, but like, but the voice actually Eckstein, yeah, she's yeah. she's Ahsoka's voice. Like, I couldn't imagine anybody else 
or Ahsoka without her her voice. So I don't know. <laughs> it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I hope it. I hope it all does come. Like I said, I hope it does come true. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yep. <laughs> we'll yeah. see how they all plan. That, that that's how we all are. I feel like it's like we're gonna just have to wait and see because you know <laughs> Disney is this like tight locked box where you can't open it until you're you're closer to it. Although there has been a lot of spoiler leaks with the uh, Mandalorian and and some of the casting involved, which I personally don't. I, I have to look at it because it's my job as a podcaster too, but I don't want to look at it. Cause I also like that. I go back to baby Yoda. If I knew that there was a baby Yoda before the show released, I would have been like, what, why this is Yoda is Yoda. There shouldn't be another, whatever it is. I would have bought it. But when I just saw it, well, it, it's, it's the child according to Disney. Sorry, the child. Yes, yes. The child. <laughs> but anyhow, does anyone have any final thoughts on Ezra before we shift over just slightly to a couple of quick questions? I want to talk a little bit about how Ezra and Vader had their duel. Mm. I, I want to get some opinions on that. I mean, I like the line where Darth Vader says, you're going to die braver than most. I think that just, I don't know, because of course, even I was listening to like an audiobook and Somebody was saying, like, describing Vader, and they said, even like looking at him, it sparked like different, like, emotions and fear. So, I mean, if you're, if you're Ezra, and like, that's from a distance from just like, I just say, regular tro- trooper, I think, was, was quoting that. But from like Ezra being up close trying to fight Vader, what kind of emotions was going through his, his head? And his oh, body? definitely fear. <laughs> Gotta be fear. He, I, if, if he's anything like me, because I, I, like I said, I measure myself shaking be like i'm I'm not scared <laughs> you know like it, it, but mentally being like so freaked out but that that's my take i don't i don't know if that's actually what was going through his head because he's more of a jedi than i am what i love is how young ezra is so it gives him that that like hint of arrogance kind of like how anakin was so when vader says then you'll die braver than most he truly believes that because ezra has that you know, he has that arrogance about him. Like, he feels not necessarily that he could defeat Vader, but he could at least put up a good fight. And he even mm-hmm. felt that way when he was with Kanan. He felt like he was equally matched with Kanan a lot of times when they were training. Um, so I think his his arrogance uh, was helpful. Um, kept him alive, maybe. That's a very good point. Yeah. What about you, Lauren? Yeah, you know, I think that at that time, from season one to season two, Ezra did make, he came a long way through that journey of the first two seasons. He became somebody that wasn't fearful anymore. Going through the trial that he got when he was in the temple and he got his hybrid crystal, you know, he was able to harness his fear. And obviously throughout the first season, second season, you know, he did kind of grow into that. He didn't let fear take him over. But you still had to be scared when you see that guy. Especially how dramatic Vader was coming on his TIE fighter, <laughs> standing outside of it. Like, you have yeah. to be like, okay, this guy's pretty serious. You know, not even just from their first encounters in the beginning of the season. Now he's, you know, standing on top of his TIE fighter flying in on me. You just got to be kind of like, dude, what is this guy? How? What am I even going to do? But he stood his ground, you know, for what it was worth. Ezra was like, you know what? I'm going to do what I have to do because I'm not going to let fear take over me. So, I mean, and that line, I do love that line, Josh, too. You know, you're going to die braver than most and you're just 
and he was okay with it. Ezra was like, yeah, probably, but I'm <laughs> going to try. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do my yeah. best. So yeah, I great confrontation though too. That was it was great. That was great. That whole that whole episode. Some of the best lightsaber fights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just sparked my um the Twin Sons episode where Ezra actually gets mm-hmm. to meet Obi-Wan. Another another great moment mm-hmm. in that show and we see the end of Maul in that duel with only mm-hmm. 3 hits. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, you built it up so much that when I actually watched I was like, wait, that, that it was over in like 10 seconds. Wait, what? <laughs> very like very confused, but it was so elegant. I know, I was ups- I know we're going on a little tangent, but I was upset at first, yeah, because it was so quick, but then I understood that he understood that he needed to end Maul or and he he did it within 3 moves, which just shows that he was just the master. He he from episode three and his time on Tatooine, he developed and matured to eventually fight Vader and realize that, oh, I'll become more powerful if you strike me down. So, but <laughs> that, yeah. that's Obi-Wan and, and Maul and, and even a little bit of Vader. So, yeah, I agree. All right. So, to shift gears for our final question I have for you gals, what character did you connect with the most out of any Star Wars that you've ever seen? Which one? identifies with you or do you connect with the most out of all of them asajj ventress yeah <laughs> and, and andrea <laughs> she is probably all-time favorite characters and i love ahsoka don't get me wrong ahsoka is probably the most jedi of, of all jedis for sure mm-hmm. hands down she's a great character mm-hmm. i love asajj ventress because her arc is such a roller coaster and such just a phenomenal arc from her going into the jedi academy and then seeing her master die is it was very kind of close to Anakin where she lost trust or she lost somebody that she cared for and then who was there to kind of console her was a dark side you know a dark side person so she goes down this dark path and then she realizes you know what this isn't for me she's getting betrayed by her own you know Sith master Dooku and she was just like what you know and then she goes back to her family and then General Grievous destroys all that. So it's like she's such a lost yeah. lost soul. But she had such empathy throughout the Clone Wars that you could, you know, after she gets betrayed, she becomes a bounty hunter and does all this stuff. And those those little moments where she has empathy, but she's still that lone wolf type of person. And then obviously we get that great book of Dark Disciple and mm-hmm. some of the probably one of the best novels for me in Star Wars. But again, her whole arc of saving Quinlan Vos at the end and when he takes her to Dathomir and takes her back and she becomes kind of one with her sisters again. It's just such a moving arc and she's just such a cool character. I wish I wish we would have got more of her in Clone Wars. I wish we would have yeah. got that Dark Disciple because obviously Dark Disciple was some of uh, the unused episodes. They made it into a novel. But man, I wish, yeah, I, she's hands down one of my favorite characters. She's just so, just so bad. She's just so awesome. So yeah, yeah. aside ventures for me. Awesome. She's a top three character for me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about you, Andre? Awesome. Yeah, I always, uh, I always go with Vader, but I think I'm going to go with Ahsoka this time. And uh, part of that is that I really identify with her um like being left in uh deserted by like someone that she was close to which was like the Jedi order but then also a little bit of Anakin as well too um and then when order now that you see order 66 happen with her and then you know her path of going along to rebels and then when she meets up with 
Vader again and she says she still believed in him and didn't want to leave him until that very moment to where he says then you will die and then she's like then I'll kill you <laughs> but um I really identify with that moment of um, believing in someone for a very long time and uh, wanting to see the best in people. So, and I mean, she's just such a strong developed character. It's outstanding. And it's one that we uh, grew up with and got to see from beginning um, and hopefully to the end if we ever get there. But um, I'd have to go with Ahsoka lately. Yeah. Who would have thought that like, after seven seasons of Clone Wars, we would care so much about a character we never met until then, and then yeah. care about a character who died in episode one and came back, and then care about a clone who we barely had any knowledge of. It's just phenomenal to see the growth of characters that we we never even knew we wanted or needed, and then realize just how pertinent they are to Star Wars and to how we absorb it, you know? And for a character that a lot of people did not like from the Clone Wars movies, a lot of people did yeah. not like her at all. You know, she well, got it, a lot of hate. I remember. Josh, were you one of those? Yeah. As I've mentioned, I guess, before in previous episodes, <laughs> I have I saw the Clone Wars movie like two weeks early from, I, I got like this ticket. I saw it with my dad, my brother, and one of my neighbors. And we saw the, the Clone Wars movie two weeks early in Chicago. And I don't know, we were watching it. And... I just thought Ahsoka was very annoying. And I was a kid at the time. I was I was probably like 12 years old. But I still like, who's Ahsoka? <laughs> she doesn't know what she's doing. She's interfering with Anakin, who's who we've seen in episode three, you know, who she's messing up the plans and even with Obi-Wan. Yeah, again, she developed into a amazing character. My favorite. Even in Rebels, you could see how she yeah. developed and matured. But yeah, again, going from annoying to... Beloved. Yeah. Best character. Yeah, so. I agree. I Actually, that goes to with what I was said about Ezra. I found him very annoying in the first few episodes. Even though I identified with him, I found him annoying. And then you see the development, and it's just, oh, he's one of my top five, for sure. Top five, for sure. But anyway, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. It was a lot of fun. The listeners out there, if the, you guys want to get more of the Galactic Podcast, tell them where they can find you. So uh, we are pretty much on major platforms. Um, we're on Spotify, uh, Google Play, Apple Pod, Podbean. Uh, then you can actually find all of our stuff on the red5network.com. We are part of that pretty cool, cool Red 5 Network with a bunch of all awesome other podcasts. So you can find us at all those locations. And then on Twitter, we are at the Galactic Pod. Awesome. Yeah, definitely make sure to give them a follow. Listen to the bunch of their episodes i had a great time diving into your empire strikes back special for the 40th mm-hmm. edition your joke about the turning 40 as you turn 40 i yeah. love that i was laughing in the car <laughs> listening to that so definitely to go check them out and josh who are we reviewing next week we are reviewing darth revan yes our first technically non-canon but also kind of canon yeah we'll talk about that (laughs) yeah we'll definitely highlight that but i'm a huge fan of the old republic i play star wars the old republic still to this day they're still making some updates but i'm still a devotee to it i'm just trying to get him on galaxy of heroes (laughs) (laughs) hey you can always spend a hundred dollars and probably get him that way too i haven't so i haven't spent (laughs) one penny on the game ea will be disappointed I've been playing. How long have I been playing for that? Have I been playing three? You've been playing a lot of years, more than three years for sure. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, real fast before we fully take off, I want to give a special shout out to one of our listeners. They left us a really kind review. The review is from Farm Girl Jedi. 
she left us such a heartfelt review and it really sums up exactly what we wanted to do for the podcast josh and i were messaging about it last night yeah and we both actually cried when we read it because it was just so thoughtful it was literally like yeah tearing <laughs> up tearing up and just like oh that's amazing it, it, it basically what what we wanted to accomplish with the podcast which was you know provide insight in a fun family friendly like oriented podcast along with acknowledging that there is some maybe not negatives but there's stuff that we don't like but acknowledging that 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 maybe it's not for us it's meant for or other people within star wars universe and fandom and so i just want to say thank you for that because it really warmed our hearts to see that yeah definitely um definitely was a good end to the day yes it was (laughs) and Listener out there, we really appreciate you always listening in and checking it out. Um, make sure to drop more reviews. We, we, As you can see, we really love to read them and give give your honest feedback with that. And then follow us on Twitter at WannabeJediCast and Instagram at WannabeJediPodcast. Make sure to check us out there. And Facebook. Oh, and Facebook too. Yeah, you're right. We'll see you guys all next week for Darth Revan. Take care, everyone. May the force be with you all. Nailed it. Awesome. Thank you, guys. <laughs>